Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter, or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Hi there, church. It's great to have you listening with us today. I've entitled today's message, Where Are You Putting Your Confidence? You know, there's so much kind of fear out there at the moment with the virus. And, you know, I know people who don't leave their house right now and, and are fearful to, to go out and do things. And, and some are quite valid reasons because of, you know, medical issues and, and, and different things. But, you know, I think there's a bit of a fear that's kind of come upon so many people. And there's, there's a fear out there as well with the economy. You know, the, the government's fight, fighting this coronavirus. And, you know, we've got consumer confidence is low. You know, we've got house prices tipped to kind of plummet. You know, unemployment, you know, they're speculating is going to get to 10%. The, the economy is just struggling overall. And, and, and people are fearful and worried about, if the, especially if they've lost their job or they're going to lose their job. And, you know, will they get a loan? Will they buy that house? Should we have that child? You know, there's, there's this uncertainty out there. And, you know, the media thrives on these negative reports. You know, they love a negative report. You know, it's, it's ratings. It's, it's sensationalism. And, you know, and when you hear negative reports, it just creates a culture of fear and despair. And I just want to challenge you today that, you know, that fear generated causes us to hold back and not reach forward. When we're in fear, we can be paralyzed. We, we miss out on opportunities. And God wants us to be reaching forward. He wants us to grow. He wants us to expand. He wants us to think above the world system and the way the world sees things and confidence in the right place is key for you and I to have victory in whatever battles we are facing in this season confidence in the right place where are you putting your confidence today so my first point today is there is an enemy that wants to threaten you an enemy that's seeking to threaten you and then look at a story in the bible in the book of Isaiah where the Assyrian army threatened Israel and I'm going to read from Isaiah 36, verse 1 to 3. And if you've got your Bibles, you can grab them or look to the screen. It says, In the fourth year of King Hezekiah, I'm not going to say this word right, but um, Sinacherib, how's that? That's just a little guess. King of Assyria came up against all the footed cities of Judah and took them. And the king of Assyria sent the Rabshaka from Lachish. It's, it's just, you know. I'm sure it's not right, but it's closer. To King Hezekiah at Jerusalem with a great army. And he stood by the um, conduct of the upper pool on the highway to the washer's field. And there came out to him Elikim, son of Hilkiah. I think I'm pretty good with those. Who was over the household. And Shipna, the secretary. And Jaha, the son of Asaph, the recorder. Who chose this scripture for me? I think it was me. I've given myself the most difficult scripture to read in the Bible. Anyway, so this army, Assyrian army, is a mighty army. It comes out against the Israelites. And at this point, the Judeans, um, it was just Judah left at this point. And so they didn't have an army. They, they basically, they, they were just hemmed in by this Assyrian army that was surrounding them. It was a massive army. We're talking hundreds of thousands of men, you know, that are, are rallied against Israel. And they wanted to win this battle by not even fighting. They wanted to win the battle simply by their sheer presence, simply by intimidation, by how they looked. You know, the enemy come to overwhelm King Hezekiah and Judah by just appearing, just being there. You know, it's like you and I, sometimes we have issues that come up or a problem, and that problem seeks to just put us into fear simply because of the size of the problem or our perception of the size of the problem. 
You know, they didn't even want to shoot any arrows. They wanted to solve this by winning this battle and defeating Judah simply by their presence. And then Isaiah 36, verse 4 to 5, I'm going to read. And it says, The Rabshakeh said to him, Say to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, On what do you trust? What do you rest this trust of yours? Do you think that mere words are strategy and power for war? See, the Assyrian army is saying, hey, we're going to intimidate you by our presence and we're going to intimidate you by our words. You've only got words, Judah. You don't have an army. So do you think well, you're going to get out of this simply by negotiation and by words? But they were using the power of words to put fear into the heart of Judah. One, they were using their presence and they were using their words. You know, your enemy comes to you first with words. You're not good enough. You look stupid. Don't step out and start that business. Everyone's going to laugh at you. Why would you do? What, what, are you going to go to uni? No, you're not smart enough. So the enemy will come out with your words. Did God really say that? Is God really going to come through for you? Does God really love you? Does he have a way for you where there is no way? Is that just wishful thinking? So they come with words. He, the enemy here was highlighting Israel's inadequacies, saying, hey, you don't even have an army. All you've got is words. Is that all you've got is words? See, your enemy comes to you with your inadequacies. Hey, you aren't good enough. You don't, you don't have the experience to do that. You don't have the ability to do that. You're not from the right family. You don't have the right education. Hey, you've never done that before. You don't have a clue what you're doing. So the enemy will come at you with words that target your inabilities. See, Azaria didn't understand why Hezekiah wasn't just surrendering. It, doesn't, it wasn't logical. Uh, we've gone to all these other places and they just surrendered because they had no army and we have like 200,000 people and weapons. But you're not surrendering. Why aren't you surrendering? What, you think just by words you're going you're gonna to win this battle? You're crazy. What, what are you trusting in? So they were intrigued at what Hezekiah and Judah by not surrendering. Where was their alliance? What, what gave them this strength? They had, it appeared they had nothing to be hopeful for. They, it appeared they had no strength in themselves for anything. And they had no reason to hope and believe they could win. But they chose to stand their ground. They choose, chose to have hope, bright, bright, bold hope. See, on what are you basing your confidence? See, the enemy will try and undermine your confidence. If he can undermine your confidence, he can kind of pull the rug from out under you. And I'm going to read Isaiah 35, verse 5 to 6. In whom do you trust that you have rebelled against me? Behold, you are trusting in Egypt, that broken reed of a staff, which will pierce the hand of any man who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. They're saying, hey, if you're not fighting today, if you're, if you're not surrendering today because you're trusting in, in Pharaoh in Egypt, that's crazy. He's not turning up. He's not going to be here for you. See, Egypt represents the world and the world system. Don't depend on this world. Don't depend on this world system. Don't listen to what the media says is going to happen. Don't listen to what the world view or, or follow the world view of this world. Now, that can't happen. That can't happen. Well, with man, this is impossible. Yep, according to the world, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Don't put your reliance on this world's systems and this world's opinions. Forget the world's opinions. What is God's opinion of you? What does God's word say about you? What does God's word say about this circumstance? What is God's word saying about you, what you're doing? You know, so many people justify their sin or their actions 
by, oh, I feel it's good, or the world says it's okay to live this lifestyle. The world says it's okay to live like this. The media says it's okay. Maybe the laws of the land even say it's okay. But what does God's word say is okay? We need to live by his words, not by public opinion or consensus. Not the world system, but God's system. His worldview is where we base our confidence. What are you trusting in today? Are you trusting in your money? Money's good. It's part of the world system. We need it. But is it what you depend on? Are you trusting in your good looks? Maybe you're one of those ones out there that's incredibly good looks, great body, and you, you just think you're going to get into doors because people favor you because um, you, know, you look good. Maybe you think your reputation is, is your strength and you're, you're relying on your reputation to open doors for you. Maybe it's your career and how much money you earn through it. You know, hey, we're always going to be okay because I'm this. I'm a doctor. I'm always going to have work. I'm, you know, hey, I'm a surgeon. Or, hey, I'm an accountant. I'm always going to have work. It's all going to be good for us. But, but is your confidence in God? Where is your confidence today? It says in Isaiah 36, 7, If you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed? See, this guy is saying to to the whole of, of Judah, the, you know, he's trying to say that, that, you know, is God really with you? Is God really with you? The enemy will say that he's left you. He'll say, hey, you sinned. Hey, remember you did that last week? Remember you said that to that person? Is God really with you? Hezekiah removed the whole high places. How can God be with you? God's not with you now, but God was with them without the high places. So, you know, if you've sinned, done something wrong repent god forgives you don't let the enemy taunt you with the things of yesterday he accuse you of the things of yesterday if there's truth in it you repent you move on your sin is as far as him as the east is from the west when you've repented and he forgives you he says i will be with you to the ends of the earth that's what jesus said i'll be with you to the ends of the earth the bible says that god is with us that greater is he that is inside of you than he that is in the world greater is he that is in you than he is in the world god has not left you god is with you above all things put your confidence in jesus above all things put your confidence in jesus above money above people above positions above situations the things that you want to put your trust in They're temporal. Put your trust in Jesus. He's the one that can't be removed. He's the rock that any storm that comes against you, your foundation can't be moved. Your house won't be removed because your confidence is in him. It says in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust in him. Don't go with what your eyes see. In all of your ways, trust in him. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. You know, no matter what's happening, trust in him. Don't lean on your own understanding. I know it's hard. I'm a thinker. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a one who works it out. I like to lean on my own understanding. I like to know what's going on. That's my style, my personality. So this is hard for me. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. Man, that's almost impossible, but we can do it together. We've got to trust in him, not our circumstances, not in the bad report that you got from the doctor last week. Trust in the Lord. 
Don't trust what your circumstances are screaming at you. Maybe there's a person telling you it's finished. I'm not going to do this anymore. But God says, trust in me. You know, you might be facing the biggest obstacle in your life. It's a mountain. It's, it's a problem that's like so big. It's overwhelming. It's intimidating. It's yelling at you. You can't do this. But God says, trust in me and lean not in your own understanding. See, your enemy will try to steal your confidence through fear as well. It says in Isaiah 6, 36, verse 11, Then Helicom and Shipna and Jaha said to the Rapakesh, <laughs> I think I changed that word, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. Do not speak to us in the language of Judah, within the hearing of the people who are on the wall. See, the leaders of Israel didn't, of Judah didn't want the normal people to, to hear because they knew if they heard, then fear would come in. They knew that if they spoke the words of intimidation and, and what they're going to do to them, that everybody, that whole fear culture would come in. It would be a bad report and, and that possibly the people would surrender simply because of the words that have been spoken. See, words spoken over your life are powerful powerful for good powerful for bad you know you want to speak good things over people's lives not fearful things over people's lives see the citywide panic that would result from hearing a negative report would have meant defeat and surrender even though god was with them and god was going to do a miracle they could have surrendered prematurely simply because of fear and because of the words that somebody said fear is enough to destroy them. Fear is enough to cause you to stop. Fear is enough for you to lose your battle. The first battle was with words and in the mind. If your enemy wins the battle of the mind, he wins without a fight. Say it again. If the ba- enemy wins the battle of the mind, he wins without the real fight, without a real fight. And I know, like for so many of us, that our mind is the, is the battleground. I know for me as well, the mind is the battleground. Man, I can be the man of God of faith one minute and, you know, crawling up off the ground in doubt the next. We're, we're humans, you know, and we get tossed around, but we have to just keep bringing back our focus to having our trust and our faith in God. And what does his words say over us? That we speak it over us. We wash his words over our mind to clean it and to heal it and to help us keep focused. So your enemy will tell you it can't be done. They'll tell you it can't be done. It says in verse 13 and 14 of chapter 36, Then the Repakash stood and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah. So he decided he was going to say it in the language of the common people. So everybody heard and everyone could fear. Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you. He's saying they can't be delivered. It's impossible. You can't be delivered. But it says in the Bible, with man, this is impossible. It's true. With man, it's impossible. With man, they can't be delivered. That's true. But with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are are possible that is the dimension above the normal realm it's a spirit dimension it is that faith factor that hope factor that God can make a way where there is no way for you he can bring springs up in a desert where in the natural they can't happen you can get that job you can get a new job you can get into that uni course you can do that assignment you can finish university you can start that business you can get that promotion don't listen to the voice of the enemy, the voice of fear that says you can't and you're not good enough. Listen to the voice 
of your Father from heaven that says you are enough. You are enough. It says in Isaiah 36, verse 20, Who among all the gods of these lands have delivered their lands out of my hand? And the Lord, that the Lord should deliver them out of my hand. See, he's saying your God is not big enough to rescue you. He's saying, hey, we've conquered all these other places, places far bigger and mightier than you. Why are you so confident that you won't surrender? In what are you basing this confidence? The problem I'm bringing to you is way bigger than the God that you even serve because I've conquered every God that exists in every country and every city. See, sometimes we look at a problem and we think the problem is bigger than our God. But there is no problem that is bigger than your God. God is bigger than the universes and the galaxies, the earth. He created the heavens and the earth. He is bigger than any problem. His hand is not too short, the Bible says, that he cannot save. The battle is mine, says the Lord. The battle is mine. Watch and see and I will bring you victory. Sometimes we just have to watch and see and praise and thank and worship him and he will bring the victory. The battle is mine, says the Lord. We need to watch the confession of our mouth. See, in verse 21, it goes on to say, But they were silent and answered him not a word. For the king's command was, Do not answer him. So the king said, No matter what this Assyrian army says, no matter what they taunt, no matter what they claim, no matter what threats they make against your safety and against your children, do not speak a word back. Least we say something negative. At least we say something that creates more fear. Sometimes by saying something else in a problem, digs a bigger pit, digs a bigger hole. You know what it's like? You just want to take those words back. So, you know, they didn't want to dig a bigger hole. Sometimes it's better to say nothing than say something negative and create more fear or cause more tension or hostility. That's why slander is no good. Don't gossip. Please don't gossip about people. Please don't spread a negative report about somebody. You know, that's the Bible says it's, it's evil. So don't use your words to pull other people down and be slanderous and be gossipers. Because something God hates is negative gossip. It's better be quiet. Better be quiet in a situation unless you're going to speak words of hope. What do we do? What do we have to do? We need to seek God. See, Hezekiah, their confidence was in God. This army was confused. They, it, it was almost a weapon against them. Their confusion they had because it was illogical not to surrender. Because their strength was in something they couldn't comprehend or understand. It confused the enemy. Our starting point is to humble ourselves and pray. When we don't know what to do and we're confused, get on your knees, get on your face, lay prostrate on the ground, humble yourself and just call out to the God of heaven. It says in chapter 37, verse 1, as soon as Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went to the house of the Lord. See, keep going to church. Keep going to the house of God. When we get services again, come to the house of God. But keep listening to these messages and, and getting the word washed over you. Hezekiah went to the house of God. Hezekiah went to God with the problem. He didn't sit there and try to strategize with the enemy. He didn't try to, to, to debate with the enemy. He didn't try to negotiate with the enemy. He went to the house of God to seek the counsel of God and the favor of God. Because God was bigger than his problem. It says in Isaiah 32, 37, verse 2, 
And he sent Elikim, who was over the household, Shipner, the secretary, and the senior priest, covered with sackcloth. And they went to the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos. They went to the man of God. See, going to the prophet was like going to the Word of God. What was the, the prophet spoke the Word of God. So they went to the Bible, in other words. They went to the Word of God by going to the prophet. They, what did God say about this circumstance? What does God say I should do in this circumstance? And going to the prophet is also like going to, for godly counsel. They went to people for godly counsel. We should take godly counsel when we're not sure what to do. Going to the prophet is like pulling out some old prophecies that maybe you've had prophecies spoken, words of encouragement over your life in the past. Going back and listening to them or reading them again and letting them wash over you. So going to the prophet is, is like going to the counsel of God to hear God's mind on the situation. What is God saying about this circumstance? See, the prophet told them that the enemy would return to his own land and the leader will fall by the sword. Man, that was pretty brave of Isaiah. You've got a couple of hundred thousand people encamped around you and you just said, don't worry about it. They're going to go away and um, they're going to be defeated. And the guy who's got the big mouth, he's going to die by his own sword. I mean, that's pretty brave and risque stuff out there. He says, this is what God says. And, th and that's what he said. See, the enemy did return to their own land, but not before the angel of God went into the camp and killed 185,000 of them. And the leader was killed by his own sons when he got back home with his own sword. See, the word of God came to pass. God delivered Israel miraculously. See, if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have made it through. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have got over that problem. You know, let your testimony be, man, with, with, with man, this was impossible. The situation was impossible with my marriage. The situation was impossible. We couldn't have kids. The situation was impossible. We were going bankrupt. The situation was impossible with my son. He was on drugs. The, the situation that we faced was impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And God delivered them from this army of 200,000 people without even firing an arrow or negotiating because they went and prayed and sought the face of their God. They went to the most powerful one in the room, God Almighty. Through the power of a humble prayer and a humble heart, they trusted in God's word and sought godly counsel. With men, this is impossible. But for you, let it be that with God, all things are possible. Nothing is too big for his hand. See, you may be under attack from an enemy right now. Don't be paralyzed by reports of negativity or negative reports of fear. Don't be paralyzed by the doctor's report. Don't be paralyzed by the bank's report to say you can't get the loan. Don't be paralyzed by the report of your spouse that might be saying this negative thing. Don't be, 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 be downtrodden by somebody telling you negative things about your performance or how you're doing or they don't like you or you're not good. Don't listen to the voices of the enemy that are seeking to create fear around you. But listen to the voice of God over your life and what does he say is going to happen? What does he say is for you? What does he say he has in the future for you? This world is, is getting darker, it feels. But you know what? You don't even have to get brighter. Just by being who you are as a follower of Jesus, as the light of the world, as the world gets darker, your brightness will just even will shine brighter simply by the darkness becoming darker. See, the people of the book are can-do people. The people of the Bible, which is you and me, the followers of Jesus, ones that have surrendered our life to him, 
ones that have repented of our sins, one that lives according to what his Bible says is a right way to live, according to his commandments, and that have asked Jesus into our heart and asked us to forgive us of our sins and for our selfish self-me living and living according to the flesh and it's about what I want people that have laid their life down at the cross and said not my will but your will be done we are the people of the book and we are can do people Bible says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us it's because of God inside of you you can do all things not because of who you are but because greater is he that is in you that is in this world that no weapon no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Maybe this obstacle that is in front of you right now is not there to destroy you or to crush you or to stop you or to cause you to lose what you've got. Maybe it's an opportunity to grow. Maybe it is an opportunity to expand. Maybe it's an opportunity in your life to change. See, crisis brings change. Maybe the crisis you're facing or the crisis I'm facing is, is here to change us, to make us better people, make us better fathers, make us better husbands or better wives or better mothers. Maybe it's to help you be a better person. Maybe it's to help you be a better servant of Jesus and to see things from a higher perspective and to be more loving, to be more forgiving, to be more gracious with people, you know. This thing that you're going through is not here to kill you, but it's here to grow you and for God to use you to a new level. So your enemy is trying to create an environment of fear for you by using the weapon of words. But prayer and trusting in God's words is a key for victory. Again, I'll read Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, such a powerful scripture. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not just a part, all. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. See, depend on God. Place your confidence in him. Do not live out of the fear of the enemy's negative report. Rather, live out of confidence in a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you ask or that you could even think. Last scripture today is from Zechariah 4.6. And this is one of my signature scriptures. I, I, I speak it over myself every day. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by God's spirit. See, victory is not in the power of your army. Victory is not in the size of your muscles or the height of your body or the type of car you drive or how pretty your wife is, or how handsome your husband is, or how much money's in your bank account, or how, how much of a high degree of study you have. Yeah, victory is not in stuff, but victory is by the Spirit of Christ, by the Holy Spirit. His Spirit is what brings us victory. It is an invisible force like the wind. It's like a hurricane he is. And he can bring victory in any circumstance, in any relationship, in any environment power is by his spirit with god all things are possible and i don't know what you might be facing today maybe the fear of even just leaving your house while this virus is going on maybe fear because you've lost a job and you're worried about paying the next bill like i don't know what the obstacle i don't know the, what the enemy is taunting and what report you've received this week but I just believe that this word is for somebody who's really received some negative reports this week. That God wants to say, hey, it's not all over. You just trust in me. 
put your hand in my hand because I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm not forsaking you. You Don't look at what your eyes can see, but look and feel what your heart knows that I'm saying in my word, what my word says over your life, that I can bring springs in a desert place. I can provide water out of the rock. I can part the Red Sea. I can make a way where there is no way. He is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is the promise keeper. And he is your light in the darkness. Let me pray of you today, church. Father, I just thank you for every person who is listening to my voice, Lord. And you know every problem. You know every obstacle. You know every fear. You know every wall that is in front of the person that's listening to my voice today. You know what they have to get through, Lord, and and how overwhelming it can be. But I pray, Father, that victory is in you, Father, that we bring our requests and our desires to your throne. We lay our burdens at the cross, Father. We lay it at your feet. We ask for your forgiveness where we need to be forgiven. We repent of sin. We repent of lust. We repent of doing things that are outside of your word. We repent of doing things according to our way and in our own strength, Lord, and according to what we think is right. And I ask, Father, you would supernaturally help each person who hears my voice, who humbles their heart and prays, help them through this problem that you would remove the mountain, that you bring the provision, and that victory would be a crown on their head and that victory would be a song on their lips and that they would stand unashamed in victory because of what you have done in their life. And I thank you for it in advance in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepherd.